Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today with Fuel the Flame Live with Newly Awakened Ministries. Guys, I am so excited to have Pastor Michael Wood from the ramp to be here with us and joining us. Um, you know, he uh, was our pastor back in Hamilton, Alabama, mine and my wife's uh, for, from like 2014. Uh, we left there about 2019, but we were there at the ramp school of ministry. Got to hear so much wisdom, so much revelation from Pastor Micah. Uh, I can tell you he is the real deal. He has such a pure heart for the Lord and almost everything that he releases it is always timely. It's always effective. Uh, I can tell you uh, that the Lord, he's doing something so real through Pastor Micah and his wife, Miss Delana's wife, uh, life. And so we just want to say thank you, Pastor Micah. It's such an honor for us to have you and to share this time with you. Um, and so I just want to ask, how are you doing, Pastor Micah? Yeah, well, first, let me say it's just a joy to be with you, Andrew. Love what the Lord is doing in and through you in April. And, um, you know, the fire for him that you're carrying, it's such a joy to see, you know, students from the Ramp School of Ministry and those that have been part of the Ramp community just carry the fire into their world, into their sphere of influence. You know, that's the whole vision behind the ramp that the Lord gave to Miss Karen. It's awaken, equip, and send. And as people embrace um, that kind of surrender to the Lord and and to follow him into, um, you know, where he leads them, I mean, that's everything. So, so yeah. well done, excited about that. But no, we're, I'm doing great. So for those that uh, are not familiar with where I am right now, I'm in Manchester, England. So I'm about six hours ahead of Central Time in America. And uh, we are just in a crazy journey of following the Lord's voice. And some days it makes sense. Some days it doesn't make sense. Um, but it's okay because the, the safest place to be is in the will of God, even when you don't understand the why. And so that's kind of where we are right now. It's just walking that process out a step at a time. And uh, it's a great joy and it involves great testing, and we are just living in the tension and the beauty of all of that. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. And um, so, Pastor Mike, uh, you know, for everyone that is watching, for all those that will be listening later on, what would you like them to know about your life? Oh, great question. I would say, you know, that my life is simply a result of and a response to a real encounter with God. Um, you know, I grew up in a wonderful home with uh, godly parents. Um, but early in my teenage years, my heart was wandering from God in, in private secret sin that led to suicidal thoughts, depression. But around the age of 15, 16 years old, I had a real encounter with the love of Jesus and that encounter has set the course for everything else in my life. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, Peter in scripture, he, there was his life prior to the call. And then his life after the call, everything after the call was simply a response to the call to the encounter with Jesus. And that's really my life. That's what I love people to know about me is uh, whatever it is I am, whatever it is I'm doing is simply because of Jesus as simple as that I, that idea is an encounter with him 
and then his call to me, to my wife, to our children, and living our lives in response to that. That's good. That's good. Um, you know, yeah, because Jesus, it just it, it like when you encounter Jesus, it's, it just makes sense. He's worthy of everything. It's like there's no limits to what he can touch in our life. It's like, God, just have it all. <laughs> it's better to be in your hands than in our own. And, uh, and so I, I really love it. I mean, it, it is so awesome. I'm glad to hear, uh, to hear that. And I, I know when you just said that when you were, you had an encounter with the Lord and ever since that encounter, you know, your life has been different. Can you kind of share with us, like, what was, what, what happened? What was your encounter? Like, like, what was it like when you committed your life to Jesus? Yeah. So, you know, to go back and to talk a little bit about the condition I was in, I was raised in church. I was aware of church, but I had this secret life of sin and addiction to pornography that I couldn't shake. And it's like, you know, I would make personal commitments. I would have like New Year's resolutions. I would have moments of willpower to say, I'm going to shake this. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to walk this anymore. But nothing I did on my own was able to overcome the this cyclical sin that I was dealing with you know my mom began to pray for me and as she did the Lord led her to take me to now you know it's a ministry called the ramp but back then it wasn't really called anything it was just uh you know this these services that were happening with young people out in the woods in Alabama and so we go to this place and as we are in this environment of the presence of God I'm sensing you know, God dealing with my heart, because I'd grown up knowing the presence of God as a child. So I sense God dealing with my heart, calling me, and, you know, I'm kind of battling, I'm resisting, then all of a sudden, someone grabs the microphone and says, you know, there's a young man here tonight, you're depressed, you're suicidal, you hate your parents, but if you're willing to come to this altar, God wants to set you free. So I'm wrestling in that moment, but then ultimately respond, and when I come to the front, all I know how to say it, the only way I know how to describe it is I tangibly experience the love of God. The love of God comes breaking into my heart. It's overwhelming. And I'm feeling those weights of sin, suicidal thoughts, depression. I feel it like weights falling off of my shoulders as my heart is becoming light and free. And I'm just weeping in the presence of God. And that moment was a key moment of encounter that set me on a course of pursuing God wholeheartedly, which then led to freedom in every area of my life. So it wasn't necessarily there was this moment and then, you know, that moment changed everything, but not everything was changed immediately in my life in that moment, if that makes sense. That moment shifted the trajectory. And then as that moment became more than just a moment, but a pursuit, a lifestyle in every area of my life moved into freedom. And so what I want to encourage people to do is, you know, if you're not sure where to go or what to do, then begin to, on a personal level, seek the presence of God, because in his presence, everything begins to change. And when you have those moments of encounter where you're surrendering your life to Jesus, make sure those moments are not just moments or memories. Make sure they become invitations to a greater pursuit of God, a greater lifestyle of surrender to his call. Yes. Oh, I love that. That that's good. That's good. And um 
yeah, it's always just the invitation for more like like it's it's that invitation like, hey, you were here. Let's go. There's there's more of your life. It's not over. Yeah, yeah. it's just the full, having him in the fullness of it. Uh, oh, I love that so much. And, you know, you even wrote a book called Simple Devotion. I know I, this isn't in our notes on it, but you wrote a book on Simple Devotion. I know the one thing that would you, we would be driven in with that. And I loved it. It was like, you know, you were saying you'd always say, like, the way to live a radical life is through daily simple devotion. The way to actually have that life, that that devoted life is just through that simple devotion every single day. And um, also, guys, that book is up there in our comments. It's in the link if you guys want to purchase it, if you guys want to read and see it. But uh, even with going to Simple Devotion, like how uh, can you explain to them, like, what was what's the heartbeat of that book real quick? Yeah, so the heartbeat of the book is uh, it's a very simple idea, as the title suggests. Um, you know, the way it came about is actually when we launched the Ramp School of Ministry in 2010, we were getting really involved in students' lives on a discipleship level, and we began to realize something. There was a gap between their encounters and their lifestyle. And what I mean, what I mean by that is this, people were having just deep encounters with God where they were saying yes to this radical calls of discipleship, to lay down their lives and follow Jesus. But as time went on, it's like people weren't sure how to translate those encounters into a into a lifestyle. Like, how do I take these moments at an altar where there's tears and there's journal entries and there's memories and and there's there's a tangible experience with God? How do I take that and translate it into a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday afternoon? You know, what does my life look like afterwards? And so as I was processing that and praying through that. App, that's where I felt the Spirit of the Lord begin to speak to me and say, answering the radical call manifests in a life of simple devotion. It's not the occasional spectacular things that define radical discipleship. It is the consistent daily elementary things. It's saying yes to stirring our hearts in prayer just in the in the morning hours when most of the world is asleep and we're saying yes to God in very simple ways, that kind of simplicity of devotion, that is much more uncommon than we, re, than we realize. And most people think we need to find some other expression of devotion to God that really sets us apart when really it's the simplicity of consistent devotion that sets us apart. Mm-hmm. And again, we can go on and on in this topic. You see it all throughout the Bible, in the life of Noah, in the life of Daniel, in the life of um, you know, David, in the life of Enoch. A lot of these key people in scripture that were evidently very close to the heart of God, it's not the extravagant moments that set them apart. They walked the path of simple devotion, and that made them unusual in the sight of God. Mm, that's good i love that yeah it's as uh some people say like when they oh when they talk about the overall terms of success they're like do the simple things well yeah. and it's like how do we have that that like that successful time of life and it's just having that like you said that simple devotion god just being in his presence being in his word being in that time of prayer and you know i'm so thankful those are uh, a lot of principles and elements that we were able to really take from uh, and, you know, really, really live out. And it, and it's been, it, it's been phenomenal. I, I honestly, that, 
that like a lot of those teachings and stuff has really impacted my life. You have to remember it comes back down to the simple, the simplicity. Yeah. What are you doing with the Lord right now? Like, what are you doing well? What, uh, how are you pursuing in that way? Just in the simple ways. Um, and then let me see here. And so, yeah, so guys, that book of simple devotion, if you guys want to get it in the link, go get it. it it's, it's incredible. Um, also in the link, we have your podcast, your, your and your wife's new podcast called Tent Pegs and Tabernacles. How, what can you tell us about it uh, that, you know, we can, we also have that link that directs them to it so they can go ahead and listen to it after this. Um, what can you tell us about your new podcast, Pastor? Michael. Yeah, so it's a new project that we've uh, been working on for the last couple of months. And really what we're doing is we're taking a lot of our sort of private conversations about God and life and mission, and we're doing it in a public format in order to share it with other people um, to create opportunities for God to speak to people through that and for them to begin to wrestle with some big ideas about what does it look like to follow Jesus. And the reason we call it Tent Pegs and Tabernacles is because Following Jesus is is um, what we would say is a tent peg lifestyle. A tent mm-hmm. peg is something that holds tension because it knows how to be rooted and uprooted. It knows how to be very stable when it needs to be, and it knows, knows how to be very mobile when it needs to be. So tent mm-hmm. pegs give tents structure by holding that tension of stability and mobility. And honestly, following Jesus is a lot like that. You go through seasons of stability where he's saying, get rooted, get planted, don't go anywhere. But then all of a sudden, he'll just kind of turn everything upside down and begin to, you know, call your heart in a way um, that engages the global harvest differently. And there has to be a value for his voice um, to such a degree that you're willing to embrace the mobile part, not just the stability part. And that can be a little bit of a, of a crazy process, discerning the voice of God and and when to lean into mobility, when to lean into stability, um, all in the context of, of course, going back to the podcast title, a tabernacle lifestyle, a lifestyle like the Levites that are ministering to the Lord, hosting the presence of God. You know, it's Moses in the wilderness. Everything revolves around the cloud of glory and the pillar of fire. Lord, we don't move until you move. We stay when you stay. So, you know, the 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 title of the podcast has a reference to a lot of those things, but that's what we're doing. We're discussing living this lifestyle out um, through the lens of our experience, um, both personally, pastorally, and through the lens of scripture. So we've only got four episodes out so far, so we're just hitting different topics, and we'll see how it continues to unfold. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, it's really cool um, to listen to a podcast that's also surrounded by a husband and wife, uh, you know, conversation, that interaction, because like there there's a few that I know, of, but there's not too many. A lot of them are like, you know, someone expressing their thoughts or kind of like this. You know, we're just we're having conversation with other. But when you really get to hear the perspective of that family dynamic and how uh, family is even being impacted with the dream and call of God. Uh, like when I was listening to, I'm trying to remember which episode it was. I believe it was the first one when you were talking about, uh, was it Ezra, whenever he, you guys talked about going to 
uh, Manchester. He's like, yes, I get to be part of God's plan. And he yeah. was like, I was like, that was just, that was so moving. It was, it was really awesome. Just like, man, like just how to uh, hearing how God is working in the family. And that, that was really cool. That was, that's a, it's a really amazing element to the podcast. Um, you know, so also, so now onto our next thing with it, or the next question is like, you know, I've been seeing your Facebook, seeing your stories on Instagram. And I know what was it sometime this year, or last year where you went to Israel again. Mm-hmm, yeah. The most recent trip. Yeah. was January, February of this year, 2023. Yeah. And I kept, yeah. So after that trip, I kept seeing you were posting and you were posting and you kept releasing um, some more topics or even with your blog that's on your website, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like a lot of different insights on how God was moving on your heart and how he was just like, how he kept impacting you through that trip. What can you share with us about how, what God was doing uh, in your life and in your heart, you know, while you were in Israel and after when you came back? Yeah. So that's a great question. So really to be, to talk about Israel, I've sort of got to go back to 2017 um, because in October of 2017 is when God really interrupted me and did a mm-hmm. deep work in my heart regarding Israel. I wasn't looking for it. I, I actually was opposed to it, just to be honest, because mm-hmm. God began to, when he started speaking to me, I had a lot of objections um, mm-hmm. to that heart work. I had objections theologically. I had je- objections in my hermeneutic structure. I had objections in terms of my preferences. And so um, I was not just fully receptive to God speaking to me concerning Israel and the Jewish people. However, I knew undoubtedly that it was the voice of God. So as I began to open my heart and lean into that process, um, God began to not only like speak to me in whispers, he began to amplify his voice, began to speak to Mm -hmm. me through dreams, um, began to speak to me, of course, through scripture itself, and then also through opportunities. So the first time I went to Israel was in January of 2018. And when I went, it was... um, in some ways, a volatile trip because I was wrestling with so much on a deep heart level, but ultimately a very fruitful trip because that wrestling created key opportunities to hear the voice of God in really profound ways in terms of questions I was asking him. Then when I got back from that trip in 2018, you know, it was like it, 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 the, the journey had only begun It was not something that ended. And I remember several months later in that year, the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, I'm not done speaking to you about Israel yet. Like, I know you went on a trip, but it's not a trip to experience and then move on with your life. This is a topic and this is a call that I'm integrating into your worldview, into your understanding, into your life of mission. So from 2018 on, it's been a um, consistent, steady increase into my life, into my prayer life, into my word life, into my missional understanding. 
Uh, my wife, Delena, she has her own process where the Lord began to integrate this into her world as well. So all of that led to, yeah, this past trip in 2023 in January, where I helped to co-lead a trip through an organization called Eagle's Wings. Um, and we took a lot of YWAM's global leaders to Israel and it was um, just an amazing trip. Um, every trip, I've been about four times now to Israel. Every trip gives mm -hmm. fresh perspective. It gives uh, fresh understanding. It also gives fresh complexity because to engage with Israel is to engage in a very complex world. And so um, there is no like one time and you've got it type thing. It, it gets you like through another layer of the onion, so to speak, yeah. and you keep unpacking those experiences. So um, interestingly, Andrew, uh, you know, today is actually would have been Anne Frank's birthday. So Anne wow. Frank is obviously a well-known young lady who kept a journal while she was in hiding from the Nazis and then ultimately mm -hmm. perished during the Holocaust in the concentration camps. So Anne Frank is very close to my heart because one of the um, most significant dreams I had early on in this process is involved Anne Frank. So I was in the process of theologically trying to figure out the, you know, the world of Israel and how does that work um, in terms of an understanding of the Bible through a New Testament lens. And so I'm, I'm wrestling with all of that. And while I'm having that wrestling, I have a dream one night. It was in December of 2017. And in the dream, um, I'm in a large house and an old Jewish couple walks down the stairs and they see me and they ask me for help. Will I help them? And I respond, of course, I'll help you. My roommate is Anne Frank. And I knew when I woke up from the dream that the interpretation was I need to stop trying to figure this out theologically right now. It's not that that's not important. It is. But what I need to do is I need to engage my heart on a historical level and open my ears to the suffering of the Jewish people so that God can connect me to their storyline, to mm. have Anne Frank as my roommate, so to speak. So that's some of the journey. Uh, you know, once I start pulling that Israel thread, there's a there's a lot there. There, there are a lot of dreams. There's a lot to say from the word. Um, but that's a little bit of a nutshell. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, so everyone, you... Also, you can hear some more of those uh, encounters that he's had either through the podcast, through reading of the blog uh, or his blog uh, and articles that he's written. That's they're really insightful and really good. Uh, and so that is great. Um, so as you talked about earlier, uh, you were saying that you now live in Manchester, England. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you, you know, what? What is the prophetic mandate that is going on in Manchester? You know, like, like, how did it start? And then where did it, you know, how did it interact with you? Like, you know, what was your response, your calling response time like? Yeah, so the Manchester story is just an amazing one. The story of the city itself and how the Lord has brought the ramp into that, into that picture. And so where I'll begin maybe is with um, how the ramp became involved in Manchester. And it goes back to 2004, Karen Wheaton, obviously who founded the ramp, leads the ramp. She came to Manchester to do some ministry at an event. And while she was here, the Lord grips her heart for the young people. Now, Miss Karen, she has been to nations all over the world 
but there was something about Manchester that spoke to her in a way um, that she, though she left, she never left. Uh, you know, as she's on the plane leaving Manchester, that particular trip, she knows in her heart one day there's going to be a ramp in this city. There's going to be a ramp location mm-hmm. here for us to go after the young people, the university students especially. So that was the beginning of something that basically over a decade later, around 2014, 15, 16, then God began to stir up prophetic activity around the ramp community in order for the ramp location to launch in Manchester. So that has happened through my dear friends, Joe and Stacey Reeser's leadership. So Joe and Stacey Reeser, spiritual sons and daughters of Miss Karen, you know, of the ramp of the house. And so they came to the United Kingdom and launched uh, ramp church manchester so the ramp is a you know multifaceted ministry includes you know, ramp churches ramp school of ministry ramp events so there's a ramp church here in manchester so you know my wife and i we've always been supportive of this entire manchester prophetic story for the ramp <clears throat> supportive of joan stacy i've always loved england and prayed for the work here but you know it never really came into our minds that we would ever you know move to manchester to be a part of the work in that way we have visited before have come for events and to minister in the church but you know that's never been in our you know thought process um but in 2019 i had a very unusual weekend where god spoke to me through a couple of dreams in one of the dreams i knew that me, Delena, our kids, we moved to Manchester for one to two years to simply, you know, be in the city and invest into the work of the ramp uh, here. It, so I woke up and honestly, I it was so outside of the realm of possibility that I did not interpret the dream literally. I interpreted it metaphorically and thought to myself, oh, well, there must be some kind of call to make sure, you know, we're supporting Joe and Stacy more, we're investing more. So we actually began to take steps to do that. Um, so I'll skip some details. We get all the way, though, into 2021. And when we get into the summer of 2021, my wife and I feel this very just odd prophetic stirring, like massive winds of change blowing which was unusual because in our hearts and minds, we are planted in Hamilton, Alabama for the rest of our lives, you know, being um, core members of the ramps global leadership team there at headquarters. So that stirring was very unusual. So as we began to pray and process through it, God began to speak to us in different ways about a global assignment and Israel became a part of that picture and, different pieces like we had all these puzzle pieces on the table but when we got to October of 2021 all of a sudden God brought all the puzzle pieces together and spoke to me very clearly through a dream early one morning and uh, skipping all those details what God said is go to Manchester I've called you to be a watchman for that city it will prepare you and send you to Israel so you know so of course, our initial reaction was, yes, this is crazy, but yes. <laughs> so we met with Ms. Karen and Mr. Rick there in Hamilton, began to pray through that process and take steps to just simply obey what God said. So September of 2022, we made the move <clears throat> to Manchester 
And we're living out that storyline still uh, with more puzzle pieces on the table. But a lot of what we're here to do is um, to be a relational support to Joe and Stacy, to be uh, reinforcement, so to speak, from Hamilton to just simply invest into the work that the ramp is doing here in Manchester. Um, and while we're here doing that, there's other pieces God's bringing into focus about the the very real need globally um, in regard to the harvest. The, the need is massive. Is it G- Jesus said it, of course, best when he said, the harvest is ready, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. So we're gaining fresh perspective while we're here, fresh heart for the global harvest while we're here, and really investing into an, like an intercessory posture so that the work that God's doing through the ramp would, would amplify and spread to other nations for the sake of the harvest. You know, in 2016, <clears throat> there were a few of us from the ramp that went to an event in LA called Azusa Now. And we were when we were there, of course, my good friend Samuel Bentley, I was there with him and, and Josh Hollingsworth. And as we're standing there, Samuel receives a prophetic word. We're in a stadium with 80,000 people in attendance. He receives a prophetic word. And the word said, that the ramp is a harvesting tool. So um, I love that word because I'm here seeing the harvest and I'm realizing the ramp has an assignment globally to be a harvesting tool, to be one of the answers God uses for the need in this hour. So I'm kind of going on and on and on now. There's a lot I could say, but that's some of the mandate, some of the prophetic storyline. There's a prophetic storyline for the ramp regarding Manchester, there's a prophetic storyline that Delana and I have personally regarding Manchester, and then there's a there's a role I believe Manchester is called to play globally in terms of what God brings out of this city for the sake of global harvest. Mm, that's good. So, so let me let me try to get it collected real quick. Yeah. That I mean, that is awesome. So when you guys were like, "Okay, we're going to go," it's like, what? What did that? How did that come about? Like when you're like, "Okay, we're going." Okay. Yeah. So it's it 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 was an incremental process of uh, yes to God at each stage along the way. So if I go back to October 2021, you know, it's God speaks to us. So, of course, there's a personal yes to God. We don't know how. We don't know when. We don't know what it looks like. And I think, you know, we were actually in a in a meeting just the other day, a leadership meeting here in Manchester, talking with Joe and Stacy. And Stacy said something so good. She said, it's very important when God speaks to you that you don't abort that process by asking how too early. Because mm-hmm. if if your response to God's word is always how first rather than yes first, then your natural mind can ulti- can sometimes reject what God is saying because you don't understand how it's going to mm-hmm. happen. So there was a the process of God speaking to us, and we don't know how, what it looks like. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. But, Lord, we say yes to your word. Then from there, it's different you know, stages of conversation. So from there, we discuss it with Joe and Stacy, and we weigh what God has said. There's already a yes in our hearts. There's always a willingness, already a willingness, 
But then we weigh what God has said with other leaders around us. So we talk with Joan mm-hmm. Stacy. Then we meet with Mr. Rick and Miss Karen and weigh the word with them. Then we all kind of settle, let that process, like let, let it all kind of settle in everyone's heart. And we revisit that and say, okay, where are we? What is God saying? What's the timeline? What does this look like? Here's all the practical stuff. You know, to move internationally, sometimes I think, um, especially in America, because though America is a, is, is a global influence, um, we're not always as globally active or connected as the rest of the world because we have two oceans on either side of us. And sometimes I don't think we realize the degree of practical investment it takes to actually relocate internationally. And so part of the prophetic process was just figuring all that out, the, the, the practical side, everything from visas to, uh, you know, living abroad to, um, to plane tickets. I mean, just all of it. And so the process of saying yes to God, yes, there is an initial response to what God says. That is a yes, but that initial response has to be backed up with a thousand practical yeses along the way that says, I says yet, I said yes way back here when he first said it, but I say yes again when it's very inconvenient to fill out a visa application form. I say yes again when it's very expensive to get international plane tickets for a family of six. I say yes again when I have no idea where we're going to live in Manchester, but we need to go ahead and move. And so we've got to find a solution. I say yes again. I say yes again when we move here and we don't have a car and we're using public transportation and that's a very new world for us, but yes again. And so, you know, it's, it's the initial yes and it's all the practical yeses along the way. Well, I love that. It's, yeah, complete surrender and obedience. It's, 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 it's definitely strengthening (laughs) and it's, and it's the testing, but that is so awesome. Pastor Micah, I absolutely thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, So with you guys being over there and your time, you guys have been there. I know you said about roughly about around nine months. Uh, how have you guys seen God move uh, where you, you are? Yeah, uh, I it's it's multi in multifaceted ways we're seeing God move, and yeah. it's really amazing. So, uh, so I'll describe some of those ways. One of the ways we're seeing it is simply through the ongoing strengthening of the local church and what God's doing through Ramp Church and Joe and Stacy's leadership and the amazing pastoral team and administrative team that's around them. You know, it's, um, you know, the, the more Delana and I travel, the more we're understanding how rare it is for there to be thriving local churches in a way that is discipling people into missional living and discipleship and Mm -hmm. so we love seeing what god's doing through their leadership right here at ramp church that's kind of one dynamic now the dynamic of where we're seeing god move is through these services there is an ongoing engagement with people who are new to faith with people who are coming from other faiths and they are being introduced to jesus and giving their lives to him and getting saved it's amazing Uh, especially coming from 
you know, the South in, in America, the American South, where there's not, it's the Bible Belt, there's not a lot of variety in terms of, it's not, a, it's not functionally a plural, pluralistic culture. There are not different religions. And so mm-hmm. to be in a city, to be in a country where it's very pluralistic, where, um, you know, there's not one religion and, you know, which denomination in that religion, but the, you know, the nations are here living in the city. And so just this past Sunday night before the service, we were praying for those in the Muslim community to meet Jesus, to give their lives to Jesus. Well, we go into the service and there is a young man who is Muslim that is in the service. He's never been to a church before. After the message, he comes to one of somebody on the prayer team and prays with them and, and it, it like discusses God with them in an extended way. At the end of it, he takes a commitment card where it explains salvation. And as he's talking to Pastor Joe, he says to him, I believe in Jesus and I do want to give my life to Jesus. But right here, it talks about making him Lord. And before I make that commitment, I need to go and think about this. So, I mean, just it's incredible seeing people have that kind of interaction with Jesus for the first time. So that's amazing. So there's that. Another way we're seeing God move here in Manchester, really, and across the UK is through different leaders that are engaging the younger generation. So a lot of people watching this will be familiar with our friend James Aladdin who leads a ministry called Prayer Storm. We have another friend named Josh Green, who's the international youth director for, for an organization called 24-7 Prayer. A lot of people may know that organization. It was founded and started by Pete Gregg, who wrote the book Red Moon Rising. So through you know leaders like those two and others, um, God has really put a target on the young generation in the UK. So Delane and I, we've been able to be part of these different events that they're doing where they're just going after the youth. They're seeing mm-hmm. kids get saved, encounter God, baptized in the Holy Spirit, become fiery, consecrated intercessors, Nazarites. So just a couple of weeks ago, there was this event in the south of England called Wildfires. Uh, There's about 4,000 people in attendance, about 500 of them youth. And so there was a specific youth tent. So it's just out in a field and there's tents everywhere. So in this tent, you know, so we went to go minister and they're responding to the altar call, giving their lives to Jesus. The next night, um, James comes to preach and he preaches, of course, about intercession and prayer. Anybody that knows James knows he's going to like really tackle that. Well, after he preaches, it just breaks out into extended prayer that lasts for a couple of hours. And so while I'm here, I'm seeing a massive missional need, but I'm also seeing massive missional hope because there is a young generation saying yes to God in consecrated ways. And ultimately that yes is going to missionally shape their generation. So just super exciting. Oh, that is awesome. I love hearing that. And um, for me, I used to be a youth pastor, so I have a huge heart for what God is doing in the youth. And right now, um, you know, we do newly awakened ministries. We do like with travel music and all the other different aspects of it and with the podcast. But um, my full-time job, I'm a driving instructor right now. 
And most of the time, so I'm teaching teenagers or people that don't have their license learning how to drive, teaching them, instructing them how to drive and hearing a lot of like the modern day youth's perspective. And I know even across the world, it's a little different uh, in the way their thought process is. But I can tell you there is a part of like this generation that it's like that I've heard from several of them. They're like, hey, I believe in Jesus or I want to believe in Jesus. I just don't. It's like, but what I know what I've encountered whenever I go to certain places, that's not, it's like, it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. And it like, and it grieves my heart and it breaks my heart. And I'm like, like, well, how are we going to show them? So we're able to talk to them and like start engaging them. Like, hey, this is what the truth of what Jesus is. This is his plan and his life for you. You know, this is what his desire and his dream is for you. Or they would tell me like, hey, they're like, I believe in something. They're like, I just know whatever I've encountered right now, it's not it. Or they'll say something similar and then they'll say, and because of that, I'm now believing and like, um, they're like, they'll either do like new age or different forms of witchcraft. And, um, and when it were, they're like, um, where as a lot of people don't know that a lot of Muslims believe in Jesus or Issa, well, you know, that form, they just believe differently. They don't believe like he was the son of God. They don't believe he died or he resurrected the very three elemental things of our christian faith there's three things they remove in different teachings but whenever we're talking i always give them the truth of jesus and man man the truth it will either it's going to set you free and it's going to like it's going to rattle their cages a little bit but a lot of times it's what they're needing and because the youth they want to express what they are feeling like especially spiritually they want to like okay this is what i'm doing they're like also uh, when they encounter Jesus in those ways, they're like, whoa, I, like you said, like when you were a teenager, I had a legitimate encounter with God. And they're like, I, now I know like that Jesus understands me. He, he sees me. He hears me. Uh, he, like he knows me, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I, I absolutely, uh, I love like what you were speaking about earlier, how there's that, that portion where they are just going after the youth because they need it. Because if, they don't have people to speak life into them. They're the world's going to <laughs> the world's going to give them, you know, what their uh, opinion is or their their yeah. version of reality of their spiritual walk. Um, and so, sorry, I don't want to take up too much time on that segment because I really want to hear this portion. Look, so Pastor Micah, what has God been speaking to you in your heart recently? Yeah. <laughs> Great question. That is very, I think, multifaceted. Yeah. But I, it's really honestly connected to some of the things we've already discussed, which is mm-hmm. seeing the missional need, but also knowing the missional hope. The missional mm-hmm. hope that Jesus taught us about is in Matthew 9. Pray for the Lord of the harvest mm-hmm. to send out laborers, to send mm-hmm. out leaders. And so where where God is really speaking to me is in a into a fresh place of an intercessory posture that laborers would be sent into the field to see the harvest engaged by God mobilizing laborers in a greater degree. And so I think where I am is, you know, it's one thing to understand the missional need from a statistical perspective. And then it's another thing to experience it on a very personal level. And so, you know, since I've been here in Manchester, we've also had a couple of other trips um, in Europe 
uh, doing ministry stuff or, or doing personal stuff. And each time we travel, the need is just um, so loud. And so I, I have this, with the taste of the nations in my mouth, I have this fresh revelation of very simple ideas. Jesus is coming. The nations are not ready. Mm. What are we doing about it? Mm. And so effectiveness and leadership development in ministry is not just this neat like idea. It's not something that that would be really cool. So that way we can build a better ministry brand. It is mission critical. That's a phrase that you know, I'm, I'm kind of borrowing from my friend, Joe Reeser. It's mission critical. We, we have to see leaders raised up and sent out and mobilized for the sake of the harvest. And if we're not gathering with Jesus, then we on some level are wasting our lives. That doesn't mean everyone is called um, to the same type of activity, but we are called to join Jesus in his global agenda of bringing in the harvest. So if that means God plants us somewhere in the United States, if that means God sends us somewhere on the foreign mission field, whatever that means, we say yes to it, understanding that we have a role to play in God's global storyline. So the things God's speaking to me are sort of resonating within that framework of following Jesus and giving my life to his agenda. And that's what Jesus said. I think it's in Mark. He says, any man who takes up his cross and follows me, not only for my sake, but for the sake of the gospel. And he goes on and gives promises. But in other words, there there are two things we're giving our lives to. And it's really one thing, but it's two things in the way we understand it. It's for his sake, and it's for the sake of the gospel. It's personal affection for Jesus, and it's a givenness to his agenda. And so living our lives, those two pillars, it's his sake and the gospel's sake, and making sure that everything that we do fits within that pathway. Um, again, it's, it's the basic principles of discipleship, but they are living, they are real, and they are very loud to me in a way that's um, shaping my life in new ways all over again. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I love where you keep bringing up the harvest, the harvest, you know, um, there was, it was about maybe two months ago, I was praying um, at a place. uh, I was just, I was praying with some friends at a a building. And when I did, I, I had this vision where there was these angels, like these harvesting angels, they were coming in and they had like the, this bundle of wheat. And when they dropped it, the inside, there was like a lot of jewels and mm. the Lord, he was like reminding me of the parable of like the, of the treasure in the field. And, you know, where it's like the man, he found the treasure in the field. So he sold everything that he had and to buy the field. And so, and he got the treasure and it was like, yes, it's like, you know, it is the the truth and the and the root of it is that we're to give everything we have to pursue the gospel to go follow the cross yeah. of Christ. Um, but he was also showing me that it was like from almost a, like it was almost like his perspective. It's like man, he's like I gave like when I came to Earth, he was like 
I gave, I, it's like, I, it's like, I gave up all of this to, to regain. It's like, but I purchased you with my blood. He was like, so I want, I want you to know, like, I see you and that I see those out there as the treasure of the field. Yeah. And he, yeah. he was like, I see, he's like, it was like, I see everyone that's out there in the streets. I see everyone that's out there in the cities and in those homes. I see them. I see the people as my treasure. And it was like, Ooh. And it's like, um, and so it was just, I don't know. It's just refreshing. It's just like knowing that the people are the harvest that like, they're like the, the people will cry, give us nations. Well, the nations are people. It's the individuals. It's the households. Yes. And I, I just, I love it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that because it was just like, he, Jesus sees us as his prize. Yeah. <laughs> he sees us as his prize, just as he is our prize, how he is everything to us. He looks at us and he's like, Hey, I, I gave up for you. I bled for you. I purchased you with my blood. It's like I resurrected for so you have the victory, same victory I have, so you can be adopted. Man, ah, it's amazing. So good. He's, well, I, love he's so scripture, good. I love the scripture in Isaiah where it talks about, you know, God's suffering servant, prophecy about Jesus. Yes. I love this statement yes. where it says, He shall be satisfied when he sees the labor of his soul. And and yes. so the the satisfaction of Jesus is connected to and directly related to the harvest coming in when he sees the labor of his soul on the cross through the work of redemption and salvation when he sees that labor being rewarded by the nations coming in it's what satisfies his soul and so um, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. He, he, it's they're they're the treasure. They don't have the treasure. They are the treasure, and that's what that's what God's heart beats for. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh man, I love that so much. And um, you know, for the time that we have remaining, uh, I would love for us to go into a time of prayer. Yeah. So I'm going to open up the chat to see on uh, see if there's anybody that's watching that is commenting if guys we want to pray for you if there is anybody that is watching that is listening um go ahead and start you can comment uh you can comment there if not we will just keep we'll keep praying and just see whatever the lord wants to release so father we just thank you for this time we just want to thank you for what you're doing uh in people's hearts God, we just even ask for even the people that are listening, that are believers of you, Jesus, God, that you would just start stirring their heart. God, just to even go reach those around them even more. God, just to provoke their heart, God, to go, uh, to go, just even obey your gospel, to go reach them, go make disciples, oh Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. Lord, we just thank you for just, uh, even with people that are listening to God, that your joy, that your peace and your rest is being released in their life, God. Lord, we even ask for people that are uh, coming with illness or like with sickness, God. We ask for your wholeness and your peace, God. God, just your wholeness and your rest coming in their life, Jesus. Lord, we just even want to rebuke sickness, God, and just speak yeah. healing in their life. God, I thank you for what you are doing. God, I just even thank you. Um, mm, mm, Jesus. Thank you, mm. Lord. Lord. Yeah, um, there is this mother that I just keep saying, like, I just keep saying that there's this mother. Uh, I kept saying, like, there were these two kids that she was just praying for. Uh and I, Lord, we just even ask to strengthen her hope. God, just strengthen like what she's praying for her children. If it's salvation, God, if it's direction in their life, God, we ask that you just intervene. 
God, we ask for just for them if they are uh, if, if they need you, Jesus, God, that you would just open up their eyes and just bring the revelation of who you are. God, send the messengers to them, even with their mother, God, uh, even if there's tension between them and, and her heart, God, just, God, we ask you just uh, heal and amend uh, that relationship, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I ask that you would, in the place of prayer, take people into intercessory assignments and missional assignments that you begin to share your heart with people in ways that are supernatural in the name of Jesus. As we were preparing, I I sensed um, one of my favorite scriptures is out of Ezekiel chapter 40, verse number two. And it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he took me there. Later, Later he begins to talk about being taken to Jerusalem, but first he just says he took me there. And it's as though God just takes Ezekiel into an intercessory realm where then later he finds himself in the city of Jerusalem in the spirit. And so, Father, I ask that the hand of the Lord would come upon people. You, through your hand, would take people there into that realm of intercession, that they would be caught in the whirlwind of your heart, Lord, that their world would be interrupted by your burning heart. You would draw them, Lord, into orbit around yourself. And that, Father, from a place of intercessory love, you would initiate lives that are given to Jesus and the gospel of Jesus. Lord, may we never be the same because of what we encounter in your presence. We never be the same. May we not be able to live lives that surround and and revolve around our own comfort or convenience. But, Lord, may we live lives that revolve around your burning heart in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. And and um, that scripture that I shared with you before, I'm going to re- release it yeah. now for whoever's listening. Um, you know, the Lord, he kept putting on my heart, Isaiah 43. Um, he kept saying, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by uh, by." My name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow. They will not overflow you. You know, they will not overtake you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Yes. And Lord, we just even thank you that right now you're bringing peace to situations. God, that you are. Uh, you are restoring, I wouldn't even say identity and people, the ones that are questioning about their situations and like saying, God, are you with me? And like, Lord, we just even thank you that you are, that you are saying that you are mine, God, that you are calling them as son and daughter. Lord, I just even thank you that you're bringing peace in the situation that you are just rebuking and breaking anxiety in people's lives. God, that is coming from the, uh, from that place of fear god that he is saying do not fear he's like i am with you god i just even thank you that you are just like i said bringing in peace but you're bringing in peace over and over again in all their situations god lord i Mm. thank you that there's nothing that is impossible for you there's nothing too big for you lord i just even ask that you just show your way even more and more god that the people that are dealing with uh with those things that might feel overwhelming god that you just even start uh giving them your clarity your peace And we just even ask that you just uh, intervene in their life in such a fresh new way. 
And yeah, 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 yeah. Um, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lord, we just even thank you that just even like with what when Pastor Micah, when he speaks, God, like whenever he's been here, he's releasing God. We just even thank you uh, that even like what, like just even those things of revelation, God, that is even being released to the people that are hearing, God, that the ears are being opened. God, the ears are are being open to hear your word, to hear your voice, God. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing. And God, that you're opening up and preparing hearts to receive you in a fresh new way. God, I even thank you for uh, for people that are believing for family members. God, that we just pray for family as uh, salvations, for household salvations in your name, Jesus. Lord, we just even thank you for the change of heart that people are having. Um, mm, yeah, I even uh, keep saying we're there. I, I often don't talk about finances very much, but I feel like there are certain debts that some people have. And I feel like God is going to be changing the hearts of some some people that have been holding debts over one another. And so, Lord, I just even ask for whoever, uh, for whoever that is for, God, that that is just being released, God, that you would work on their hearts. God, and that, God, that your kingdom come and your will would be done. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And and for those that are hearing a missional call to an area, I want to pray over you. Scripture out of Joshua chapter one, where it says, be strong and courageous. Father, I thank you that you're infusing people's hearts with courage and faith. Lord, to move forward with wisdom. Lord, as we discussed earlier, there's the initial yes, and then just a thousand practical yeses after the big first one. And so, Lord, I ask that you would strengthen, just as you did for Nehemiah, you strengthened his hands for the work. I ask that you would strengthen, Lord, their hands for the work in Jesus' name. They're like Joshua. They'd be strong and courageous in their leadership, in their faith, in their boldness. Or just as an axe, you filled them with the spirit and boldness, not just the spirit, but the boldness to act with what you have given them. So, Father, we say yes to that, and we thank you that it's a work of your spirit that is released now in Jesus' name, all for the sake of the harvest, all for the sake of your heart, all for the sake of the reward of your suffering, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, and even with that, um, there was, the Lord was even having my heart on Daniel chapter 10, where um Hmm. where daniel encounters where the angel i believe it was it it was jesus the way he describes them just it's just like revelation uh that you know he says your prayers have been heard in heaven and i've come to your response Mm. come on yeah and so i just want to let people know that when you are praying god is acting on your behalf he is coming to your response your prayers are being heard in heaven and so, Lord, we just even thank you, God, that you're even igniting faith right now. God, yeah. that you're just igniting a fresh faith that their prayers are being heard. God, that you are a God with ears, that you are not mute. God, that you are not deaf. God, Lord, that you speak, that you listen. God, that you speak back towards us. God, I just thank you that you are responding to people's prayers. God, that you're responding to their call. But God, uh, we just even thank you. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, we just even thank you just for fresh, uh, fresh calls to deeper intimacy with you, Lord. Yes. Yeah, Lord, we just even thank you that as they are calling unto you, you are calling unto them, and you're calling them deeper, Lord. Yeah. We thank you for the work that you are doing in their hearts and with their lives, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Micah, do you have uh, do you have anything else? No, just just I love this and I just want to encourage everyone watching just to kind of a final note from me. Keep leaning into his heart. You'll be surprised by what you find there, what he Mm -hmm. speaks to you. And as he speaks, just have the trust and the courage to say yes and uh how he'll lead you will just be kind of wild and crazy but it's all worth it because you're following him so yeah so just that well, that's awesome 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 well if you can if you can hold on for me one moment i'm yeah. going to uh, end the live but then i would just love to catch up with you for a moment so everyone i just want to say thank you for watching i hope that this time has blessed you. I hope uh, that you encounter Jesus in some way, shape, or form. And um, and with Pastor Micah, if any of this, if his ministry has impacted you, or if you, if you feel led to give into his ministry, we do have a link above. We do have it in the in there. You can go and you can support his the work that he's doing. And in, even in the UK, um, I can tell you it is so vital. It's important. And we just thank you all. We love you guys. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.